It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's episode 541 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. On today's episode, I'm talking with the OG Grant Schiller about all kinds of prospect goodness, my top 30, what I was thinking with those, which rankings I almost immediately regret, which ones I feel very confident in, and which ones have been completely vindicated by the great Kylie McDaniel. I am your host, Bryce Paddock. If you're not already, already, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. Follow the show at Locked On Rangers and subscribe on YouTube. I've been covering the Texas Rangers, living and breathing this team through the highs and lows since 2014. Well, I've been living the highs and lows since then, but I've been you know writing or podcasting or doing all kinds of good stuff since then. Nearly 10 seasons. This is my ninth season covering this team. So I have seen it all, the highs, the lows, the, the very lows of this year. But all that kind of good stuff and more coming up on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And even just a few years ago, like 20, I don't know, would you say 2018 or 2019 was like the bottom of the barrel in terms of like how bad the system was? Um, Maybe tw- it's 20, was 2017 worse? Well, I would, I would go 18 or 19 just because all the, the arms were hurt. Uh, That's fair. You, you had, uh, all your interesting arms were hurt. So you didn't, you didn't see any of the prospects on that side mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, and at that point, it was, like, who even was the top, like, 30? It was, like, Leody, who mm-hmm. never really had some big outing in, in the minor leagues, and it was a bunch of hurt arms, and... Tejeda, and... Tejeda, yeah. And Huff was, was doing interesting things back then, but, like, still, it's, like... I don't know, it was... It was a long time ago. And Dustin Harris hopping on. Like, a lot of these guys, almost all these guys, just, like, they, a decent chunk of them had been in the system before. But, like, I feel like almost half of these guys are, like, either new to the system or I never thought about them before. Like, almost half of these guys in my top 30 were guys who I barely thought about it before. Like, you know, uh, Cody Bradford, Dane Acker, I had not thought about it at all before. Uh, Acosta had been pretty consistently up there. But, I mean, the top 10 is... But even the top ten has quite a few guys that like I would not have put there before. Um, uh-huh. Duran, like I mean, he would have been he wouldn't have been top five. But Owen White breaking out, uh, Dustin Harris, uh, I probably had Hover a little bit higher than he should have been. But Enriquez and uh, Alexi and Kent, those guys all like legit breakout seasons. There's just so many guys because in 2020 you didn't have anything and in 2019 it felt like nobody really had a breakout season maybe even 2018 too it's just like a couple I'm, guys. I'm looking at the 2018 top 30 prospect list and I'm looking at a top 5 of Colwin right after he'd been drafted Hans Kraus Bubba Thompson Julio Pablo Martinez and Leody oh gosh Leody was it was it even like top 3 man they were really high on JPM I would, is he still in the system even He's, uh yes he is okay he was in double a last year okay i was because i remember getting eyes on him and i was like 
I've seen him quite a bit, and I just have never been that impressed. I mean, maybe he'll end up being a big leaguer in some capacity, but I, I don't even know about that. I mean, is that was that your kind of read on him as well? For, I'm sorry, who was this? Uh, Julio Pablo Martinez. Um, emergency call-up, maybe. I mean, he's not... He, he pretty quickly, once he came stateside, was shown to not be it. Mm-hmm. Um, just not not what what you're hoping to get for the money they, they spent for him. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense. Um, but there's so many right-handed pitchers in here and a lot of infielders. And I'm, I'm curious. I want to, I want to start with the, the infielders because of these guys, obviously your, your top 10 middle infielders, you've got mm-hmm. Duran, you've got Foscue, you've got Smith, Acuna. Yeah. Those are, those are the only ones in my, in my top 10, but I'm curious of those guys, how quickly do you think, especially the guys at the upper levels, like Smith and Duran specifically, and maybe even Foscue, how quickly do you think they start looking at those guys in the outfield because of the big signings in the middle infield? Unless they're just pretty uh-huh. sure these guys are already just going to be pretty good backups. So, I think Foscue probably just is an outfielder in general. Like He, he might be able to handle second base, but he's not going to be very good there. So moving him to left field um, might be best for his career, just regardless of who the Rangers middle infield is. Um, so I, I think they'll get him some looks out there pretty quickly. Duran, I think, has played a little bit of outfield. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he plays some. Acuna is a middle infielder. Like, that dude's a shortstop. He's going to stay there. He's so also so far away. There's no reason to worry, really worry about it yet. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like he and... Um... Who else did I have right there? Um, he and Acosta are the ones that are, um, like, right when they're getting ready, I feel like that's about the time. Mm-hmm. When you start, when you start looking at those two, your two big guys of maybe moving off the middle infield. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we talked about it before, but I'm pretty sure that Simeon is going to stay at second base longer than Seager is going to stay at shortstop, short. even though yep. he's, like, what, three, three years older than him? Yep. Right. Yep, totally agree. Um, and then Smith can definitely handle the middle infield. Might be a little bit more of second base and shortstop, although it's not terrible over there. Um, but I know he has expressed willingness to play some outfield. I, he said, I think he said they haven't talked to him about it yet, but he's ready to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some time in center this year. He's not like lightning quick, not your typical center. Oh, field speed, not to well but, actually you, but I, Dur- I looked up Duran and he has not played any no okay any outfield. Okay. I thought I would. Have, I was thinking that he would be one too, because like I don't. Know, I think there was some mention of him possibly being a center fielder. Of of those two, of of Smith and Durant, who do you think would be a better center fielder defensively? I would guess Smith. Um, now okay. I haven't. I haven't seen Durant yet, uh, but okay. I, I think Smith's quicker, and I think he's a little bit more quick twitch. Uh, so I my guess would be that he's a better center fielder, but that's. Pretty much just going in blind with Durant. No, I I think quick twitch. I think he is more quick twitch because he's played more and better defensively at shortstop. But mm-hmm. I think the straight line speed. I think Durant has the edge. So that was what I was thinking. Like maybe, maybe he is is a better center fielder because he can cover more ground. But I mean, we've seen in Delino's early years what it's like when a, a center fielder has all the speed in the world, but uh, but can't make good reads. And then, uh-huh. but then the difference that it makes and 
how when big a difference it makes when right. when they can actually make good reads and be just fast as all heck. I mean, gosh, we might talk with with Grant, but first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You know, this is the time of year. I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but I'm sticking to the resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It makes it easy. They're so delicious. They're so good for you. They are so jam-packed with nutrients and all kinds of great stuff that you want in your protein bar. They also have Built Bar Puffs. If you tried these, if you haven't, you're missing out on one of the new best things that Built Bar does. They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a delicious treat and they are covered in 100% chocolate puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamony churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie so good they're going to be your new favorite all bars are covered in 100% chocolate yes that includes the puffs 100% real chocolate so you know at Bill Bar they're all about taste and you know they make delicious taste first and they're also healthy but you know you gotta taste them you gotta as much as i can use adjectives and words to describe how great these built bars are you really got to try them for yourself to to see that i am i am not full of it i am telling the god's honest truths about how great these built bars are so if you want to take me at my word go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com and now my talk with Grant Schiller. It's kind of wild how uh, how how good a job, especially defensively, like the uh, the coaches do of, of of helping guys out. I was talking with a, a scout buddy of mine um, about one of the guys. Um, oh, who? What's his name? Green, Elijah Green, and how uh-huh. like he is really really fast. And people think, oh yeah, no, he's he's like potential seventy speed, but they're also putting him in right field and like it people underestimate how good the defensive coaches are, especially for outfield and how raw some of these kids are coming out of high school and how much better people can get once they start getting in an actual minor league development system. Cause I mean, Delano didn't play that much outfield, but once he started actually doing it, they started actually coaching him for it. Like he, especially even at the major league level, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure those it, coaches are probably better, but like, yeah, it was much, ugly when he made the transition at first. It was real ugly. He they had to stick him in left, and he was the fastest player on the field by far. It was kind of insane. I was like, how is this possible? But then he became one of the better defensive center fielders in mm-hmm. at least the division, if not the American League. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I, so going back to the question, I think I, I think Smith would probably be better out there than Duran. Uh, Durant's probably more of a corner guy if he has to go out there. Um, it's an interesting problem to have because Durant's probably going to be in what double A this year, yeah? Yeah, so, I think so because he he was high A all year. He was high A with the Yankees and okay. high A here, and yeah. then finished the season in the AFL and kicking butt. Which yeah, so he'll go double A. Smith will probably start in double A again, and then end AFL, in triple A for AFL. I'm what is what is the level equivalent because I. I've always thought it's like about um, between like high A and like double A, but I never had a really good grip on like how advanced it was. Or does it kind of just depend on the year and and who's being sent there? Yes, it does depend on the year who's being sent there. It's also gonna kind of to an extent change game by game depending on the pitchers throwing mm-hmm. in a game because it. I mean, you'll see guys from the upper levels. Uh, you'll see guys from the lower levels. Like it, it's really gonna be a lot dependent just on who needs innings. 
So it's tough to really put an exact – if there is an exact level of play to put on it, I don't know it, at least. I'm ignorant to that. Okay. That's very unhelpful, but also very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like is the story of this podcast. Um, but of these right-handed pitchers, I want to I want to ask. I mean, besides the the big ones, I mean, obviously, I think mm-hmm. I think it I think it feels pretty obvious to say the guys who had the two best seasons in the whole system, offensively, Josh Young, even though he missed uh-huh. two months, like he just crushed everything that could ever be asked for him. And on the bump, Probably, Cole Win. Yeah, and Cole Win. Um, yeah. Because I mean, I went back and looked, and I'm like, I know, I know, he didn't do well in in AAA, and then I went went and looked back, and I'm like, oh, it was literally two starts and eight innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not anything to to judge when he was literally just dominating. And one of the things I went back looking at, I want to get into Cole Wynn because he had such a great season. One of the things that really impressed me, and one of the things that it was one of the things that worried me about him before, because he was walking a crap ton of people in his last full, mm-hmm. well, his first full and only full minor league season before this one. Because of the deload thing, I had think had a big, you know, impact on him. But this year, he really cut down those walks to an insane level. And the opposing batting average against, I think it's something like one ten or something just crazy yeah. like that, like a point eight um, whip. Because he didn't walk anybody and he didn't allow any hits. And I was just like, man, nobody's reaching base against this guy. Yeah. So the opposing batting average. I mean, there's a lot of factors. Some of it's just luck. Like, no, it's well, all well, skill. He had a a, a a 196 against in double A. Like, like, that's just not sustainable. Um, part of it is that double A hitters were really bad this year in the Texas League. Uh, there were a lot of teams that just straight up couldn't hit. Amarillo couldn't hit. Corpus couldn't hit. Um, There's a couple others that were just really, really bad. Um so that, so it, just, couple, it brings me a lot of joy to hear you say that an Astros team just sucked at something. Uh, they were horrible. After just producing guy after guy after guy. And I also saw a couple of uh, one short – I can't think of his name, but some other short stuff that's in the Astros system that was, like, consistently in top 100. I'm like, no, no, you're supposed to be out. You're supposed to be out of these guys. You're not supposed to just pull one of these guys out of your butt. Like, stop doing that, Astros. You're supposed to suck for a little while. They're going to. I mean, that – it's a bad system, and they they don't really spend money to keep their guys, so it, it's going to slowly and gradually and consistently go downhill for a little bit. Thankfully, thank um, God, because they've had enough. Yeah, I mean, from our perspective, I mean, Mark, like, yeah, good God, I mean, literally, Bregman and Altuve and uh, Correa and Kyle Tucker and mm-hmm. also George Springer and like, and when they didn't have any or didn't have a whole lot on the pitching side. And then this year, the last couple of years, I mean, they would just go make trades for guys who sucked and would come in like Garrett Cole and, you know, magically become Cy Young winners and take washed guys and make them also really good, except they didn't do that for Zach Greinke. Um, he was just Future okay. great. But then this year they pull a rotation of like three, four guys that are all really solid, like out of their freaking butts, like, it's about time that their system sucked because yeah. <laughs> they've been pulling guys that are way better than they should be for way too long. They have been, yeah. From our perspective, by the time the Rangers are competitive again, like truly competitive again, it's probably the Mariners that are the, the biggest threat for a while. Oh, most definitely. I mean, they've got a really loaded system. And it was wild to see, like, because they have, obviously, uh, what, Julio Rodriguez is the guy that's mm-hmm. their next 
um, redonkulous guy who hits everything, and they've got like another pitcher who's in most of the top like twenty fives of one hundred. They've got a few good pitchers. They've got Anderson like Hancock, I think, is the highest rated, but Matt Brash is really good. George Kirby, I mean, it's, yeah, Kirby's it's the one that I keep hearing about, and I also keep seeing him in the like ten years down the road version of MLB The Show um, that I'm playing because. Uh, I'd like to pretend that there's some baseball. They've also got some shortstop too, but like Noel V. Marte. That's the one. That's the one. Noel V. Marte. Cause they've got just an absolutely stacked system, but I see all those like top 100 guys. And then some systems are like, there's some like, when they're rating the actual full system, like, Oh yeah, you've got like 16 top 100 guys. And like half of those are in the top 10, but you're like the number four system. And I'm like, how, how is your math adding up on that? Like, I think BP, Gave them like maybe maybe six or seven guys in the top one hundred and one, and I think ranked them like the number three system. And I was like, "You're not doesn't it doesn't add up, especially since like the system they ranked number one was the Dodgers." And I'm like, "A Dodger system is pretty good, but it's not anywhere near where it's been." I don't think this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Football season might be over, but basketball's in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where to fire the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to Olympics coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom. Cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. But all these, these places are still ranking them in the, you know, most elite system but what's nice is seeing most of those places i mean take all those bad things i just said about their rating system overall they put the rangers in the top 10 which means they know something and they know that, uh-huh. that the rangers system is good because i mean consistently that's where the rangers have been used to being during during john daniels tenure and seeing them get back to that get back to that after years of i mean trying to keep that window open which you, you can't blame them for doing but also some poor draft decisions that have haunted them. And again, seeing they're basically half the top five, most places, um, I guess Foskey, depending on wherever you want them, but seeing the last like four, I think draft picks, first round draft picks being in that top five, top 10 range, especially seeing them at the very top of the board is just something that brings me so much joy. And I, was worried that that would be the thing that would get John Daniels fired over anything because that's the big thing that I've biggest thing that I think I've criticized him for besides like one or two really dumb trades that seemed like dumb trades at the time. Mm-hmm. But seems like they've kind of figured that out at least for now. And what a time to figure it out when you're actually having high draft yes. picks. Yes. If you if you screw up on on the the top ten draft picks consistently, you you're the really pirates. yeah well. You're, you're handicapping your franchise for decades. Like, not just for a while. It's like, oh, what's the point of getting a top 
one top two pick if you're going to pick a guy who sucks or if you pick a guy who has potential and then you screw him up because your development system sucks. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other part of it is like you could mm-hmm. pick the right guy, but your system just didn't help him out. Then you, you know, tough tushy. Tough tushy indeed. Uh, any other thoughts you want to leave us with before we head on to our random ranger um, about baseball ex- exploits or um, I don't know. I think I'm uh I think I'm ready for the random ranger. I'll just well, I guess real quick, let me give out a uh, shout out to my Avi Maria NAIA gyrenes. Uh, Ooh, ten five and one. Uh, swept the doubleheader when I went down to uh, to visit over Montreal from North Carolina. It was uh those the reins are hot. Solid, solid. Um, do you have yours ready? Because I am. Uh... I do. Okay, good. Good. I'm, I'm glad you do. I'm going to go with uh, Florida State legend, Marshall McDougal. Uh, oh. as, so baseball reference lists him as a pinch runner, third baseman, and right fielder. As far as I remember, he's a catcher. Um, he played a pinch in... runner who plays catcher. That's... <laughs> right, yes. That, that is a unique one. So he played in 18 games, had 18 plate appearances, uh, struck out in 10 of them and uh, slashed 167, 167, 222. This is all back in 2005. Now, um, what he's probably better known for is a couple of things. Okay. So he was the prospect the Oakland Athletics traded to uh, Cleveland in the Ricardo Rincon trade, which oh. is heavily mentioned in um, Moneyball. And then secondly, he was absolutely absurd in college for Florida State. His uh, his last year there, he or his two, he had two years there and he hit forty three home runs. What? Uh, his his first year there, <laughs> his was four nineteen four ninety six eight oh four. Eight oh four. That means yes. that's that's Barry Bot. Also, I love that he hit it's crazy. four like four nineteen, and his on base was only like sixty points higher. He's like, no, no, I'm not waiting for your stupid walk. It, I'm crushing it. Right, and, and it you worked. know he was in the college game. No pitches he was to hit. What? You know he was seeing no good pitches to hit in the college game, and he still oh, yeah. was not walking. That's great. I have intense respect. That's literally like all of my MLB the Show players. I'm like, I. I have like I'm hitting like 420 on base uh-huh. 430 <laughs> slugging 800. That is um, impressive numbers. Um, my random ranger. This is a 2014er. Um, I honestly don't even really remember this guy playing. This is Brad Snyder. Played in mm, 10 games okay. in 2014 as a 32 year old. 34 plate appearances. Had two home runs. Batting average of 167 on base of 265. Slugged 400 a uh, 665 OPS. It, that was the last place that he played baseball or professionally yeah, uh-huh. at the major league level. Played two years before, 12 games with uh, Chicago in 2010 and eight games with Chicago in 2011. Didn't play for three years, came back, made a triumphant return to the big leagues. Um, and then it, with the worst, I'm going to go ahead and say that was a worst team. Ah, I don't know. Actually, there was a decent chunk of Adrian Beltre, so I don't know that I can say that. I think... <sighs> I'd be interested to know 
what percentage of the 2014 Rangers never played in the big leagues again after that season? Oh, it's got to be a it's got to be a pretty decent chunk. It has to be. I might say like up to like 20%, maybe maybe higher. Yeah, I think it might be 1 in 4. It really feels pretty high cuz there's so many other guys just like, "All right, we got to get somebody." Oh, I think I'd already pulled Mike Carp otherwise I was about to cuz that was a great one. Um, but man, that 2014 that's the one that just keeps on giving. Um, okay. Now there was a Colby Lewis. There was you Darvish for 144 innings. I don't know that I can say that. The bullpen actually, well, I guess this bullpen was pretty solid. But yeah, had 148 games of Adrian Beltre with an 879 OPS, which was bad for him. So, I, But I still don't think I can say that this was a worse team than this year's. There's also some Alex Rios. Gosh, some Alex Rios. <laughs> there was Rio. Alex Rios. <laughs> Oh man, I I'm pretty sure he was was gone at the trade deadline. No wait, he played 133, 131 games for the Rangers, so maybe maybe he wasn't gone at the trade deadline. Oh my gosh, what a mess of a season that was! But not nearly as big of a mess as the labor negotiations that are going on now. I'm hoping um, that I I believe minor league spring training is happening no matter what players are reporting. I believe on mm-hmm. Monday, uh, so we're gonna get minor league baseball. Um, hopefully. I hope they don't. They negotiations don't get so bad that they cascade into minor league baseball because that would really suck. But no matter what, we're gonna see some Jack Leiter, hopefully this year. Hopefully in Frisco. I'm not sure when, but um, I'm curious. But before you go, where do you think they start Leiter? Do you have any updated feelings or or thoughts on that? Because I think my guest was high A. I would agree. I feel like that seems like a reasonable start, and then he goes and dominates there for half season and comes up to frisco hopefully yeah. by like july we'll see i, would I just want to see at least one jack lighter start in person this year because i am owed that after the garbage i was forced to watch last year and the 60 games before it but thank you guys so much for listening if you're not already go follow grant on twitter at og shill follow me on twitter at bryce patrick follow the show at locked on rangers subscribe on youtube and until next time don't forget to enjoy baseball Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.